Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week's question is from Weight Issues, and she says, I've always struggled with my weight, and by no means am I looking to astrology as an excuse, but someone told me that Jupiter in Virgo could explain this, and I'm intrigued and would love to understand more to help me move past my issues. This got me thinking about what the relationship of astrology and health is overall. And Weight Issues was born March 20th, 1980 at 7.17 p.m. in Tarzana, California. There's so many things about this question and I know this question is really heartfelt, but there's so many things about this question that I want to just kind of like point to before I even get into it. Over the many years of my practice, I have had people come in and say, I've got a health issue or I've got a question about my health and then say, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 40 pounds, whatever it is. I think I'm overweight. And I want to say that sometimes being overweight or underweight is a physical health problem. You know, there are physical issues that can be uh, either a result of your body weight or your body mass, or your body weight or body mass can be kind of a symptom of another health issue. Absolutely. However, most frequently, what I have encountered is that our relationship to our body weight and to the way our body looks is a little bit more of a mental and emotional health issue than a physical health issue. I've said it before, and let me say it again emphatically. Fat is not unhealthy, and skinny is not healthy. That's not a truth at all. The way that we feel about our bodies, the way that we feel inside of our bodies is incredibly important. But if you are chubby, chunky, fat, skinny, thin, slender, none of these things inherently mean anything about your wellness at all. Whether or not you have a health issue is to be determined between you, you know, and how you feel in your body, and also a physical doctor. I will, before really unpacking this question further, remind you this very simple common sense truth, which is I am not a doctor. I am not a medical health practitioner, and I am not your medical health practitioner. <laughs> Anything that you learn about the physical body, your health or health in general through something like astrology should be used with a very solid grain of salt and not like table salt, but like Epsom salt, Himalayan sea salt, like a big ass chunk of salt. You want to use your common sense when you're dealing with your physical health. You always want to turn to experts in physical health, right? Thank you. Right. Okay. So here in your question, you don't say what your struggle is with your weight. And because of the world we live in, I feel like I am meant to assume that when you say you've always struggled with your weight, that you mean that you are overweight by society standards. That's what I'm going to make an assumption around. But I want to acknowledge that the way you've written the question is requiring me to make that assumption. And so I want to say again, I don't know what your weight issue that you're struggling with is. I don't think we need excuses for our body, whether we are diseased, disordered, healthy, we look a certain way, or we don't look another way. We, we don't need we don't need excuses. So I would it would never even occur to me that that's what you were asking about. 
But I will say that, you know, you struggling to understand and move past your issues is more of a mental health issue than a physical health issue. And I, and I hope that that's really clear. I have talked about eating disorders on the podcast before and the astrology of it, and, you know, with the holiday season in general, and then specifically this particularly stressful season uh, that we're upon with COVID and all kinds of other unrests and really frightening situations going on in the world. You know, I think anyone who has either a history of disordered eating or a tendency towards disordered eating, you know, stuffing or starving emotions and many other things that we humans do, it's a good thing to really check in on that episode, episode 35 on eating disorders. And then related, but not exactly the same, episode 110 uh, is titled How to Face My Face. And I think it's a really important one because it touches on the topic of how you feel about the way you look and the value you attribute to it. And I think that's a really important topic to um, give yourself permission to explore. So let's talk about your birth chart. Because you say that you have struggled with your weight, right? I'm instantly, as your astrologer, looking for how you feel about your body and how you think other people are responding to your body. I'm not looking for your physical health at all. The way that you framed your question is really very telling. And so I was utterly unsurprised to see that you have a Pluto in Libra conjunction to the ascendant. So Pluto's in the first house and it's sitting within five degrees of your ascendant. So it's real close. Okay. And so when people have Pluto in the first house, but especially when it's conjunct the ascendant, there can be this way that we look intense. And so it is very common to be overweight or underweight, to dress in ways that are not conventional, that are provocative in some way. So that could be like sexually provocative, but it could also just be like provocative, aka different, you know? There's an intensity that comes with having Pluto in the first house and conjunct the ascendant. And that intensity has a lot to do with control issues. When people have this placement, there can often be a history of abuse or having been present at an early age for inappropriate conduct. So it might not have happened to you or at you, but around you enough that it gave you really intense issues. The thing about having Pluto, especially in the sign of Libra, which is so relational and so looking to not rock the boat and like get along and not be too much for others. The thing about this particular placement is it can incline you to want to hide in plain sight, to not have people see you because you can feel like a bit of a raw, open book, you know, and that feeling of being really raw and vulnerable is so uncomfortable for Pluto. And what Libra, that Libra rising and that Pluto and Libra rush to do is to not burden others with how you feel. And so there's this way that you may both feel uncomfortable for getting attention and uncomfortable for not getting attention and have a hard time gauging what kind of attention you want. And so there's this way that the relationship to the body becomes kind of like a, a stomping ground for power struggles that you have with yourself. And you may have had major power struggles over your body and the way you present it, the way you look in your early developmental years. So in your childhood that can often 
develop over the course of time because of course you're born in 1980 so you're a grown-ass adult now but this can develop over the course of time with a really complicated relationship to the body and this is not a physical health issue I must reiterate this is not a physical health issue this is a mental health issue and I don't mean this like in a pathologizing way but I do mean to say if you tell yourself I have a weight problem you know, the problem is my, my weight. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with my weight? Then you're not going to find a satisfactory answer because I actually don't see anything in your birth chart that indicates that your weight is a problem. I see that the problem that you have is how you feel about your weight and how you relate to your weight, regardless of what it is, regardless of what you look like, you know, regardless of how your body is shaped or your body mass other people are going to be very happy to consciously and also unconsciously confirm your bias. You know, if you're born into a body, especially a female body, there's a way that we get judged and people are tracking our evolution. Oh, you've gained some weight. Oh, you've lost some weight. You know, people are always constantly commenting on the way we look. There's a value judgment that comes with that. And having this Pluto and Libra conjunct the ascendant reiterates the importance that you may place on other people's value judgments on the way you look. When I come to your physiological health, your physical health, I'm going to look at your sixth house for indications here. So there's a couple things that stand out. One of them is you've got sun in Aries in the sixth house, right in the middle of your sixth house. It forms a healthy little sextile to your moon in Gemini. This indicates actually really strong health. This indicates that you have a pretty damn resilient body. Now, there's other things in the chart that show up uh, that may contradict that or give more layers of data. But I, I think it's really important to reiterate here that actually you've got a real strong body. You also have a T-square. You have Uranus opposite the moon, and they both form squares to your Mars, North Node, Jupiter conjunction. It's an out of sign conjunction, but it is a conjunction. So I've never heard that Jupiter in Virgo would, you know, lead to any particular kind of eating. I don't actually, you know, what it is that you're referring to that Jupiter and Virgo may explain. You didn't explain to me in your question what you believe your problem is with your weight. If you're not eating enough, if you're eating too much, if you're gaining too much weight, if you're not gaining enough weight, I have no idea what you think your problem is. But I think what's really important here is that, that this T-square does indicate that you're impatient with your emotions and you have a really hard time sitting with your feelings. And so there may be a way that the way that you relate to food, which is related to the moon, and movement, physical movement, which is related to Mars, and the kind of like use and output of your own energy, which is Mars and Jupiter. When we look at these things, there's a way that your impatience with yourself is really clearly articulated. And so whatever it is that you do in response to that is important for you to be mindful of and to be willing to work with because you also have in your chart a Neptune square to Saturn. And this is important in general. This is an important aspect. It's two outer planets that are forming a square to each other and people in your generation have it. But you have Saturn in the 12th house. You also have Neptune as the ruling planet to your sixth house because you have the sign of Pisces on your sixth house cusp. This Neptune square to Saturn generally creates a great deal of anxiety. 
So it can present as a depressive form of anxiety or an anxious form of depression. Fun, fun, fun. But it's it's really uncomfortable. And because you have Saturn in the 12th house, it indicates that you did not have real reliable structure in your early developmental years. So what you did is you had to create it for yourself. And this is where we kind of can relate it to weight issues or body issues, not because it has anything to do with the way you look. It doesn't. Not because it is necessarily in any way connected to any kind of physical health condition. It isn't inherently connected to anything physical, but because it is hard for you to give yourself permission to validate your own experience, your own reality, and to give yourself permission to trust yourself around what it is you want to do for self-care. And because there's a way that you look outside of yourself for answers, and you don't always trust your own inner knowing, because of these things, it can show up in a way where you're like, okay, well, the reason why I'm not happy with X is because of my weight. Or the reason why Y isn't happening for me is because of my weight. You can, if you want to, make a story that you get lots of validation for believing because, you know, women's bodies are so intensely policed. I mean, people's bodies in general, but especially women's bodies are so intensely policed that, you know, you can just decide that you're going to blame it all on your weight issues. But that's probably really not the case. And so I want to really acknowledge that this square is inherently anxious. And so there's a way that your relationship to your physical body may just be really kind of nervous making for you. Hard to know what is right and what's not right. You might find yourself looking outside of yourself for answers in a way that actually doesn't help you understand your own feelings, that doesn't help you understand your own physical health issues and come up with a comprehensive plan that actually works for you. You know, something that's sustainable, that is about your wellness and your health. And instead, you may find that what you do is trying to cover up feelings of anxiety or inadequacy or even intensity, right? Uh, And you are an intense person. Pluto in Libra, conjunct the ascendant in Libra is intense. Now, the one last thing I'll say about your physical health is that you have Venus in Taurus, It's very close to the eighth house and it's conjunct quite closely with Chiron. Again, this is not diagnoses by a long shot, but a Venus in Taurus conjunction to Chiron can be associated with thyroidism, in particular hypothyroidism. You know, there's a lot of things that can go on with the thyroid. um, So it can show up in a lot of different ways. That is the only indication that I am seeing in your birth chart um, that would indicate any kind of health issue that might impact the weight in one direction or another. But this is one of those things that not everybody who has it has a thyroid condition. Thyroid conditions tend to run in the family. So there's some measure of, you know, investigation into your family line that can be done to see if anyone had any thyroid conditions. And then blood work from a doctor. That'll do it. That'll do it. So it's not something that you are locked into having. If you're asking me about your physical health, and you're pointing to your weight as an indicator or a symptom of some physical health issue, that's the only thing that stands out to me as something worth investigating. And it is important to note that thyroid conditions tend to come along with um, mood stuff. So it gets really kind of tricky and hard to track because it influences your moods and how you feel in many ways. Now, I want to come back, my dear, to your question. You asked me, 
to help you move past your issues. And I want to point you to identifying your issues more clearly, more honestly. When we tell ourselves that we have a health problem, a medical health problem, because we don't like the way our body looks or somebody else has told us that our body is wrong in some way, that is a problem. It's a massive problem. There is a really meaningful difference between a mental health issue and a physical health issue. And the difference is not in importance or validity, but it's in approach and treatment, right? They take different remediation. And so I would encourage you to first and foremost question, can you work towards acceptance? Can you take a look at your meat suit and accept her? Can you tolerate your meat suit? Can you take it past tolerance with the foundation of acceptance and embrace your meat suit? regardless of what it looks like, you know, what we physically look like is not defining to what we are. I know society, you know, is what it is. We all care about the way we look to some degree or another, you know, many of us care about it disproportionately to what is healthy or wise or sustainable because all bodies age and nobody looks great forever. I mean, that's just not unless, you know, I mean, some people might think you look great forever. I don't know. I think bodies get weird. They start off kind of weird and ugly. They can kind of end weird and ugly, but ugly isn't bad. Ugly isn't bad. Weird isn't bad. I think it's important to be able to understand the value of your body and the way it looks. So there's the value of your body as, as your chariot to steward and to champion in this lifetime. That's what the meat suit is, right? It's yours to care for throughout the course of this lifetime. But that's not what life is. Life is not just the body. And life is certainly not just the way your body looks. It's not meant to be that way. I am of the mind that the reason why the body is always changing, the way it looks is always changing, is because We are not meant to over-identify with the way our meat suit looks. And so there's this way that I want to invite you into really investigating how you've given power away to ideas about the way you're supposed to look. Because that's really, if you deal with that foundational issue, you are dealing with what you're referring to as your weight issue. There's nothing physical that you need to first and foremost change, unless there's some sort of medical issue that I don't see here or that you haven't named. Deal with your thoughts and feelings, you know, with your relationship to the judgment of others or your perceptions of the judgments of others and cope with it from there. As overly as simplistic as it may sound, cultivating patience with yourself, cultivating your willingness and ability to be present in your body with your body. And then building from that place to a state of self-love, being able to embrace your meat suit, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, all of it, embrace it. That's the real work. Excited that Trump lost in Arizona and that the state finally flipped blue? You have the native vote to thank for that as voters in the Navajo and Hopi reservations cast almost 60,000 ballots and Biden won by only just over 10,000. The Navajo Nation and Hopi Reservation are extreme food deserts with only 13 grocery stores on Navajo to serve some 180,000 people and only three small grocery marts on Hopi to serve some 3,000 people. 
These communities also have high numbers of elderly, diabetic, asthmatic, and cancer-afflicted individuals, which makes them all high risk for COVID-19. You can make a difference by giving back this day of national mourning, more conventionally referred to as Thanksgiving. Visit NavajoHopiSolidarity.org to learn more about the grassroots indigenous-led nonprofit organization that is raising money for families struggling with COVID-19. Find the link to both the organization and the GoFundMe page in show notes. Darlings, we are going to talk about the astrology of November 22nd through the 28th of 2020. And you know what? I'm not going to get to say 2020 for very much longer. And that's such a bummer. I mean, if there's anything that I'm going to miss about 2020 is being able to say 2020. Before we get into the transits of this week, I want to just acknowledge that we are in eclipse season. It's true. We've been in it, I guess. You know what I mean? Like we've been in eclipse season, but there's going to be a couple of eclipses this year, 2020. Uh, November 30th is the first one and December 14th is the next. And we are in the shadow of the Mars retrograde. We are in all manner of intensity as associated with all manner of transits, including but not limited to we are building up to the Pluto return in the United States that is happening early in 2021. It's a lot. It's a lot. But let me just pull back and acknowledge as we really are moving very swiftly towards that first of the two eclipses, because they tend to happen in pairs, right? You may be feeling really intense. And when I say intense, I mean intense. Eclipses are different than regular new moons and full moons in a lot of ways. And a major one is that there is an unpredictability to the energy. There's a volatility, which is not inherently bad, but there is a volatility and an unpredictability to the energy of eclipses. They make us feel really a lot. If you've been feeling it or you've been noticing that people are just coming at you and are acting around you with greater intensity, you're not imagining it. Eclipses are lunar transits, they're moon transits, right? And what that means, and kind of plain talk, not just how we feel is intensified, but our emotional patterns are intensified. The moon in astrology, and I've dropped episodes about this before, but it's not just related to how you feel emotionally, but it's also related to your past because our emotions in this moment are informed by our experiences in the past. The moon is related to the past. So there is this way that if things have you know been really hard for you in a particular kind of situation over and over again, we kind of brace ourselves when we know that situation is forthcoming, right? Like there's, that's just like an emotional pattern that most humans have. So when we talk about the moon, what we're really talking about is how the past impacts our present in a meaningful way. And so this has been a rough year. I mean, it's been a rough four years. Life is hard. Life is perpetually hard. Okay. But as these eclipses draw closer and closer, you're going to find that your patterns are activated, your emotional patterns are activated. Some of them may be very passive, some of them may be very active. And everyone else is going to play their part because everyone else is activated too. So what do you do? Here's what I want to just like empower you with. If you know this stuff is coming, 
You can wring your hands and freak out about it, or you can get prepared. And getting prepared in this context is about recognizing, oh, wow, my shit is being activated. Maybe I need to center self-care in a more intentional way over the next few weeks. So what that might look like is on social media before, you know, jumping to conclusions or reacting to really breathe and sit with the data you have. Be really intentional about how you engage and what you call into your, your life and what you participate in so that when you participate in something, whether it's IRL or on online, it has impact. It has impact in the world. It has impact that is in alignment with your best interests, with, you know, what you believe to be right and good in the world. If we're talking about your personal life, which is much more likely to be, you know, really up during the eclipse season, which happens, of course, very conveniently during holiday season, I want to encourage you to not be too literal. Now, let me tell you what I mean. Things are happening. Things are happening to you, at you, from you, with you. Things are happening. So the question is, can you be present for your own self enough to recognize that whatever's going on in your life is there for you? There's something you're getting out of your own patterns. It might not be a smart thing. It might not be a good thing, but there's something that we all get out of our patterns, the patterns that happen to us in our personal life from our engagement. So I'm not talking about like, you know, if you're the recipient of systemic problems, that's not what I'm referring to. I'm talking about your personal life and your personal patterns. Recognize whatever patterns are playing out in your life are there for you to engage with, to work towards healing around. Because not only is that an effective way of relating to things, but it kind of can serve to help you see meaning in whatever it is that keeps on showing up in your life or in yourself. And when we have a sense of meaning or a sense of purpose, then the work of coping with whatever our problems are actually starts to kind of make more sense and be for something, you know, even if we don't make great progress at this time. And because it's an eclipse period, we don't expect to see clear and super reliable results before, I don't know, up to six months. Eclipses take many months to integrate. So if you're too attached to, you know, outcomes and what things mean and what the details are in this moment, you may lose track of the big picture of your patterns. And in doing that, you're kind of missing out on an opportunity for meaningful healing because eclipses are opportunities to heal. Healing doesn't mean I have a headache, I took a pill, I no longer have a headache. That's not healing. (laughs) That's the erasure of the presentation of a symptom. What we want is healing. And healing means getting at the roots of a thing and bringing it to wellness or healthiness or transforming it in some meaningful, constructive way. And that takes time. It's not a straight shot. It sometimes is chaotic and painful. And that's okay. That's eclipse season for you. But that's also just fucking life. Real talks, right? It's life. Okay, so we will get more into the eclipses as they come up, but we are starting this week with the first transit, which happens to be exact on the 23rd of November when Mercury is forming a beautiful trine at an 120 degree angle to the planet Neptune. This is a great transit for empathy. It's a great transit for spiritual connection, you know, whether that means making a connection between yourself and your spiritual 
value system or tools or whatever it is, or it can be a time where you're able to practice your spirituality, IRL, like in a material way. Mercury trine to Neptune is a time where we can find healing in creation. And I mean, in the arts. So there's so many layers on which creativity and creation occurs. But this is a really beautiful time for investigating it. Because Mercury trying to Neptune, while it's not a spectacular transit, it is uh, kind of like just the perfect weight of a sweater on a perfectly chilly day, not cold. It's just like that sweet spot between what is and, and what you need and your ability to just like intuitively figure it out. You know, you just grab the sweater, you put it on, you went outside and you're like, oh, I'm super comfortable. That's what this is. And so the more intention you bring to it, the better. Now, on the 26th of November is American Thanksgiving. It's a holiday that I think is deeply fucking problematic. And it's happening during a really intense and worsening pandemics here in the US, especially it is just awful. I want to strongly encourage you to not be a COVID jerk. Be conservative. This is not a time for hanging out with family that you don't already live with. You know, this is not a time for taking risks. It's just not, especially if you're in the US. We're in a state of emergency here. I say it week after week, but just fucking don't be a jerk. <laughs> you know, I know, I know it, it's frustrating. I know so many people miss their families and have rituals around this date. I know a lot of people are just sick of being single or sick of being alone and just wanting to say, fuck it. Just, this is not the fucking time to do that. You know, I want to acknowledge though, on this day, the moon will be in Aries and throughout the day, it will form squares to Saturn, Jupiter and Pluto which means there is likely to be irritability, tension, and loneliness that we feel around this day. And that's whether or not you're around your, your family. It's whether or not you're alone. These moon transits, I don't usually talk about moon transits that aren't kind of bigger, um, simply because they last a couple hours, right? So they're, they're essentially like moods. That said, because of the morphic field around the Thanksgiving holiday in the US, and when I say the morphic field around the holiday, what I mean is because millions and millions of people celebrate this holiday and are, you know, have a sense of pressure to be around other people, even if it's a bullshit holiday that is profoundly problematic, even if it's happening in 2020 during a pandemic where people should not be gathering with people that are not already in their pod. There's still this sense of pressure and a resulting loneliness that can occur from that pressure. And I want to just acknowledge that you might feel sad or bad. And that's okay. So within that, I want you to apply what I was saying about the eclipses. Look at how you relate to your emotions and be really intentional about how you investigate what they're really about. It's not always wise to take your emotions at face value. If you can sit with your feelings, even the worst of them, then you can have a better sense of understanding of what they're really about. Because what most of us do most of the time is we feel sad or mad or bad. We feel some emotion that feels terrible. And then we abandon ourselves because it feels awful. So you just run away, right? You like redirect your energy, you redirect your attention. Or another way that we can run away from our emotions is by dropping into a narrative that is well-worn, but not necessarily truthful anymore right? So we have a story about why we feel a certain way. And that story we hold on to with both hands and we tell ourselves is the truth as a way to evade and avoid being in our feels. 
It's a very human approach, but it's not super effective. So really be a little suspicious of and interested in your narratives and practice self-care. Now on the 27th, we have a exact Venus opposition to Uranus. So it's definitely going to influence the 26th, the 25th, you know, it's like pretty much we're going to feel it building throughout the week and it is exact on the 27th. So Venus opposition to Uranus is an upsetting transit. Venus wants stability and security and Uranus wants to burn it to the ground. It just wants freedom and autonomy and change and dynamicism. And so this transit can bring about upsets in your relationships. It can bring things to the surface that you weren't planning on dealing with or looking at or that you weren't expecting. It can bring up kind of like conflicts or issues between you and others. Or you might just say or do something without a lot of forethought that creates consequences that you weren't expecting. So what do you do? You just show up. You know, you just show up, just be as authentic as you can be. If things go sideways on you, just be authentic. And if you can't do that, be humble. Venus opposite Uranus makes us restless. It makes us irritable a little bit, but mainly really restless. Like, oh, this isn't working and I don't know why. Or I'm uncomfortable in my body and I don't know why. That's the other thing. Venus is related to how we look and how things look. And so you may find yourself just having a bit of a hard time with your meat suit. That's okay. Uh, Instead of abandoning yourself with the feelings that you have about your meat suit or taking your thoughts about it at face value, this is a great time to do some investigation. And luckily, on the same day, we have another transit that will be exact. And that's a Mercury sextile to Pluto. And it favors investigative thinking. I'm so glad that that particular transit is happening this week and in particular around all the stuff that is coming up this week. This Mercury sextile to Pluto is really good for being willing to look at or talk about or investigate difficult concepts. Now, on the 28th, Mercury will be exactly sextile to Jupiter as well. So there's an overlap of these transits. And the reason why this is an important thing for me to name is because Mercury sextile to Jupiter, it is expansive. It is a great time for having difficult conversations, whether it's with yourself or other people, uh, for cultivating greater tolerance and understanding. The only downside is that it can incline us more than the Mercury sextile to Pluto, but certainly uh, it accelerates the intensity of this. It can incline us to jump to conclusions. So this is where your willingness to investigate what's real and true is called for. You see what I'm saying? It's called for. It's really necessary. It's not going to happen without your participation. And so this week in general, I want to really call your attention to your participation, what you choose to focus on, what you say, what you give your energy and attention to, because it's one of the few things you have control over. Now, I want to reiterate that, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure from a lot of people. I'm getting a lot of messages about this, uh, where some family members are like, you have to hang out with me on this holiday. And other family members are like, yeah, but there's a fucking pandemic. And I don't think that's right. I want to encourage you to uh, live in accordance with your values. Live in accordance with your values, not with what's easiest, not with what other people think is right or what they want from you. This is a time of action and consequence. You know, I've been saying it all year and I'm going to say it until Saturn leaves Capricorn. This is a time of action and consequence. 
And if you are not willing to bear the consequences of the risks you're taking, don't take the fucking risks. All right, my loves, whatever you're doing and wherever you're at, I want to encourage you to cultivate kindness in the way that you sit with your emotions, in the way that you talk to yourself in your head, in the actions that you pursue with others, the way you show up, to try to center kindness. Because when we center kindness, not niceness, which is kind of connected to politeness, when we center kindness, then it does change our actions. It does change impulses that we center in our actual responses. And that's good. Let it change us. It's eclipse season. It's a pandemic. In the U.S. and around the world, there is all kinds of instability and mishigas. So... Do your best to be your best when you can. And when you can't, be humble about it. Learn from it and keep on growing. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.